All right, guys. Good afternoon. I'm going to say that one more time. Good afternoon, church. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's give a round of applause for uh, all the graduates that came up, for all the speakers, for Ted and Lacey. Uh, I think if there's one word that really uh, uh, jumps out at me as uh, we saw all, uh, all the people that came up on stage is really family. Uh, and so although we're, grad, we're, we're celebrating all the graduates, we're celebrating the, the hard work that they've undergone uh, for the past years, uh, really I just want to uh, give a round of applause for all of you that's in this room right now. Uh, because even moving out here, I think something that I've realized is that this is really a village. This is really a tribe. And so as we celebrate all the graduates, it's also thanks to uh, the support and the love uh, throughout the years. Even I think about all the teens. I know many of you in this room have been with those teens uh, since the day that they were born. And so to watch them uh, go and transition into this next stage in life, uh, it's not only, uh, all, well, a lot of it is on the parents, but I'm sure the parents would also want to give a round of applause for all the people in this church uh, that has helped them raise, because it does take a village, amen? And so let's give yourself a round of applause. Uh, we, we, we are part of an amazing and special community, are we not? Are we not? Uh, well, we're, our, our focus scripture is going to be in Isaiah 43, and uh, I, like I said, I do have a very special surprise uh, for our time together in the Word, and so I'm going to try my best to really speed up my, my section here. Uh, but turn your Bible to Isaiah 43. The passage is up here uh, on the screen. Uh, if, if this scripture is familiar to you, is because Jason actually preached this lesson in our regional service, uh, and he did an amazing job. One of the lessons that I remember about when we look into the future, it's very imperative for us, or it's imperative that we also uh, pay homage to the past. Now, the past doesn't really define us. The past doesn't really dictate where God leads us in the future. But if we want to move forward, we always got to remember uh, the God of our past. Because the same God back then is the same God that we have today. Man, don't we believe that? Uh, but when we think about graduation, when I think about, uh, you know, moving on into a next stage in life, a scripture like Isaiah 43 comes to mind, and it's so and so we're going to read that today, and this is where uh, we're going to get a lot of really our focus and our takeaways uh, with our time here in the Word. Amen. You guys ready with me? All right, let's read Isaiah 43. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I, and God, this is God speaking, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Amen. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so Isaiah 43 helps give us a framework, uh, and if we think about this idea of transition, a passage like Isaiah 43 helps us give a framework on how we think about ideas like movement, like transition, like life moving uh, in another stage, amen? Uh, and when I grew up, uh, especially during these times in the summers, it's always been a great season because it's fun as a, high, as a, as a kid. But I remember my senior year, I was thinking to myself, man, what, li- what is life going to be like, uh, these next four years? What is life going to be like as I move out of my parents' home, as I, uh, undergo another four years of, uh, of high academic school? And I remember one of my team leaders preached this lesson titled Lost in Transition kind of a play on of lost in translation, right? But he says lost in transition. 
where he talks about that, uh, that really these types of seasons as we're moving, as, as, as we are transitioning, uh, this lesson was a warning that really these seasons as we transition can be great disconnectors between us and the will that God has for our lives. And that it's not all about getting from point B from point A, but these journeys in between, right? The steps that we take, the time that happens in between those moments can be used either by Satan to break us, right? We can kind of feel that in the summer, things are laying low in our church where we're having fun, it's vacations, right? Satan can really use these times. Satan can use the summer uh, to break us apart. But also, God can use these moments to build us, to refine us, right? But I can see how God in Isaiah 43 is reminding us that in the journey, he is making a way for us, right? That's the promise. So rather than feeling lost, like uh, I remember that lesson being lost in transition, I want to uh, give you guys and present you guys a new perspective that I think is needed. So this time we've, we've prepared for us today is retitled, found in transition, all right? All right? So there were a lot of stories of remarkable transitions or journeys uh, of that sort, and really their true tests were the moments in, in between. And I love how uh, Jason gave us a little amuse-bouche of, of, uh, of Exodus, right? That uh, really one of the journeys I think about of transition is when Moses parted the Red Sea, Right. He was on the shore. God, this God did this remarkable miracle of splitting apart a whole entire sea. But the story didn't end there. Moses and the Israelites had to cross that sea. Amen. So that was a journey. That was a transition. One of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible, Joseph, Joseph, think about from being a prisoner to prime minister, years in the jail cell, waiting for God to make sense of his life, calling to God, God, what are you going to be doing circumstance after circumstance, problem after problem, really from point A to point B, that was a true journey, a true transition. Think about the disciples in the storm, right? That they were, that the dangerous squall was happening. They see Jesus, who was a ghost, who thought he was a ghost, right? But they had to endure that, and it was a time of great testing of their faith. And so I think about these stories, even I think about the three days of waiting for Jesus resurrecting, right? Uh, I think about really the common denominator that I'm sure many of people have felt or the main subjects of the story in these journeys is that they all probably felt lost, right? They all felt lost. And really transition, we all experience movement in our lives. It can be in our personal lives. Think about in our families, right? Graduation, that's a huge transition in our family. Right. Financially, socially, uh, relationally, it's going to be very different uh, when your senior is probably not at the house anymore. Right. The flew the nest. Maybe some of you guys are celebrating. Maybe some of you guys are sad, but I'm probably sure the majority of you guys are celebrating. But besides the point. Right. There's movement in our lives, in our families, our jobs. Thinking about going from uh, from different job to job or your career. Places. I'm sure many of you guys are even planning on uh, on on moving different houses and and hopefully staying in the desert. But but movement uh, moving can also be a huge transition in our lives. Amen. It can be overwhelming. It can feel suffocating, often exciting, but it can also be sad in many ways. Can you guys relate with me? Right. Spiritually, we can face transition. We aim for growth, 
We want to continually mature with God. We spend time in our word. We pray every single day, hoping that we can feel this growth. But really, spiritually, it can take a lot of movement. How many of you believe that growth is a walk in the park? Raise your hand if you believe growth is a walk in the park. No, right? So many of you guys were nodding your head. No, of course not. As a church, we're in this season right now. We're in a season of growth. We're in a season of movement. God uh, does this in our summers. There's a, it's a season of transition. But really, transition is an uncomfortable journey. Can I get an amen? It's an uncomfortable journey, right? We got our, the, something that we want to present to you guys even uh, as we embark on the word today. Is transition is an uncomfortable journey that we said amen to, but it's walked with the comfort of your God, right? That the seasons that can be uncomfortable that can be a little uncomfy, we serve an amazing God that wants to comfort us along the journey. But we have to walk that journey, amen? Amen, but it's always better when we don't walk with our own pride, but we allow our God to lead us. So what helps? What helps when we're in times of transition? May it help, Probably, if you're like me, I love to have someone walk with me through this journey, to relate with me, right? Probably you guys have a lot of those friends, a lot of those connections that will walk with you. Or maybe some of you guys, it helps where you hear stories of people that are going through moments of transition or journey and to see how God uses them and works with them and walks with them through that time. It can be faith building when we hear stories like that. So the key takeaway today is that although transition is a process that we feel on an ongoing basis, it's uncomfortable and we know because changes are inevitable. But really, this sermon is a presentation instilling you the belief that God wants us to rely on him and that great things await us when we trust in the God of Isaiah 43, right? That I am doing something new. And although transitions can make us feel lost, that when we lean into what God has been doing, it's the seasons that we're currently in when we can feel the most found, right? Sometimes it, it takes us feeling down in the dumps, in the dark corners of our rooms to realize God has always been there, right? And we just need to look. And so we're, we're going to frame of what we're going to do today, okay? So in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, that will be our focus passage, but we're going to have Daisy Moya come up, okay? Talk to, talk to us about what to do in transition. As she's coming up, I'm going to present the second which is why God uses transition. God, why do you use transitions? Well, VJ Pinson is going to come up and share about why God uses us in transition. And then we're going to close it out with how should we respond to transition. So if you're like me, and I love to hear stories and experience people, man, there's so, not, nothing or nobody's greater than, uh, than hearing stories like Daisy and VJ because we've seen them grow, you've seen them mature, you've seen God move in their lives. So I hope that this is a time where it can be faith-building as you hear uh, your God working through some of the kids here. Amen? So you guys ready? All right, let's give Daisy a round of applause. Amen? Hello, church. I'm Daisy Moya, and I just graduated. I'm a a kid's kingdom here. Um, So I'm going to talk to you about my part of of the sermon, which is what to do in transition and letting go of the old. So um, first I'll start off with a scripture um, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, if anyone wants to turn there. Um, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust the Lord with all your heart, 
and do not depend on your understanding. So I'm going to start off with um, my experiences um, in taking the wrong path throughout my life. So as a kingdom kid, I grew up very sheltered. My parents and other people in the church tried, to, tried their best to teach me the way of being a godly person um, with uh, characteristics like innocence and purity, uh, grace, kindness, conviction, and others. Um, as I got older in high school, I went through some challenges that tested me, and I became resentful of people and of God. As time went on, around sophomore and junior year, my heart, my heart began to harden, and I became corrupted in my thinking and started to believe that God didn't exist. I was an atheist. <laughs> um, but then, of course, I was like, who created me? And so I thought there had to be a God. I just thought that it was a bad one, that he didn't love me, or that when he created us, he had no say in what we did afterwards. He let everyone make their own decisions and hurt themselves or others, or just let us make the decisions that go against the Bible's teachings. Looking back, I think this was simply justification for my own actions. Once again, my beliefs had shifted after seeing God work some miracles in the lives of those around me, and I started to think that maybe God was a good God, but I simply didn't want to be part of a godly lifestyle. I wanted to do worldly things. I wanted to live a lifestyle where I could do anything I wanted to when I wanted to do it, whether God liked it or not. It was during this time I went through a spiral of sin, including some definite deceit and impurity as well as pridefulness. I lived a double life, one of which those lives both ruined and then saved my life later. When my parents finally found out about my sin, it broke all of us. My relationship with them went downhill because they lost all trust in me. I lost my dignity and my freedom and felt broken and empty. I went through a giant depressive phase hidden by a facade of joyfulness and innocence. So that's the wrong path starting with, and now it's about seeking God's love. Um, so going into the summer of my senior year, I went to the annual teen camp um, with the theme metanoia, which means the change of mind or of heart. And it was, that was exactly what had happened to me. I went to a class lecture about how, how much God loves me and about coming into the light. And it's all I wanted to do. I felt so broken and empty, and I felt just so dirty, and I wanted to be clean, cleansed of that. And so um, I wanted to feel at peace with God and feel God's love. And I noticed how much God loved me because of all the stuff he protected me from based on all my actions for my dark couple years. I want to simply change my actions and also be a better person. Um, so after camp, I immediately started studying the Bible with some of my closest friends and mentors, Ali, Lacey, Alicia, Jasmine, and my mom. Studying God's word humbled and softens my heart, and it changed my outlook on life. Instead of feeling guilty, broken, and depressed about my past actions and changes that continued to occur throughout my life, I became hopeful about my, about my future, being grateful for all the new beginnings and chances that God's given me. I now choose to live a life free of my sins and mistakes and now ready to take on life with joy and zeal to please and serve God, love others, appreciate everything that comes my way, whether it's like dancing at church to like the groovy worship music, uh, teaching in kids' kingdom, or just hanging out with amazing teen ministry. God puts us through all these challenges so that we can be stronger afterwards. The journey of change is simply part of the beautiful process of being renewed and transformed. We simply need to trust that God knows how much we can handle, to trust that God is only trying to make our lives better for the future. It might not look pretty in the process, but it's definitely going to be a masterpiece in the end. So this next part is about trusting in God. So um, as you know, they presented it earlier. I'm going to the University of Hawaii to enter my next step of my transition from teen into adulthood. And so even though it was slightly terrifying to go into a world, um, especially to a new space and culture that I've never been to or experienced, I know God will help me through it. The only job I have is to trust in him, to love others, and grasp every new opportunity that comes my way so that I can grow, have fun, and change. 
And so that's been my transition from um, pre-disciple into now as a teenager. And so now we're going to hear the transition from B.J. Pinson. And so, yeah, give it up for him, guys. Amen. Let's give Daisy another round of applause. That was awesome. So um, before I get started, I want to I wanna let y'all know that I got home at like 1 o'clock uh, in the morning yesterday, coming home from my cousin's grad party. So uh, if all goes well, praise God. Amen. Um, I want to share a scripture uh, before I get into it. It's 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, not Proverbs. Um, it's, so, so, truly, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm going to start off giving a little testimony style speaking of how um, why God has used transition in my life and how I've kind of learned from from transitions that I've undergone. Um, Transition has, has had a significant impact in my faith, personally, in both refining and defining my relationship with God. Um, reflecting on my life, three major transitions come to mind. It's my transition from middle school to high school, um, transitioning from sin to following Christ, and currently transitioning from high school into college. Um, though they're all similar in circumstance and principle, um, the manner in which I dealt with and have learned from these transitions differ entirely. Um, yeah, so from middle school to high school, um, our family moved to a new house. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, we moved to a new house. So living in a new city meant that I had to attend a high school where a majority of my middle school friends who were very close to me um, would not be attending. And keep in mind, uh, these people have been a part of my life since, like, five years old, and I'm leaving them at age 13. So around eight years, they've been, like, a key part of my life. So departing in them would, would be, like, departing from a part of me. I look back, and I remember feeling lonely. I remember feeling anxious, insecure, heading into my freshman year. And I didn't, I didn't know anybody going, going into this new high school. is is scary, and I didn't have the strength on my own to To be out of myself in order to form new connections, especially because I just lost so many during that that season of my life. But as the year progressed, um, even though I knew nothing about what a true and genuine relationship with God looked like at the time, I feel like he he put people in my life that were able to draw me out of my shell and just enjoy the high school experience. Um, so I was having fun. I was starting to enjoy. I was starting to you know, talk to more people, um, get more involved in, in the high school experience. But I, I feel like I was storing all my value and the love that I got from these people and, and just the, the, the glory that I received from them. Um, so when quarantine hit, that was, that was a big, heavy blow to, to my confidence and my, you know, my contentment at the time. So 
all the bonds and those memories that I built with those friends, yeah, they, they, they came to an abrupt halt. And the loneliness entered my life again. Um, and hard-heartedness began to arise, not solely at the quarantine itself, I think, but more so at God. Um, I, I feel like I was, I, I fell into a, a, a phase of, of impurity, um, trying to get gratification from, from women. Um, I, I, I sought the, the gratification from, from impurity that I felt that God never did just because it was like instant, you know, like I, I felt it and that was it. And I felt like God took so long to, to fill me and, and, and provide me with happiness, really. Um, I don't feel like there was a specific moment where I was like, I want to change. You know, I want a new lifestyle. I want to be free. But I do remember, like, shame, guilt, like, hidden in the shadows. And I was just addicted to the very thing that was chaining me to, to that darkness. Um, I But what I feel like I do recall is going to teen camp, like Daisy said, but seeing my disciple friends carry around such a distinct light with them, even though they had gone through the exact same hardships and sin that I was currently dealing with. So I started asking questions and listening to testimonies from these friends, and I developed an inspiration to seek out liberation through Jesus. You know, I was just I was I was so fed up with feeling shame and guilt and insecurity and lack of confidence in myself because I was searching the world for for all these ins and outs of how I could feel, like fill my spirit up when really I feel like the answer was Jesus the whole time. It it, it was the answer. Jesus was the answer. Um and so when I started putting my faith in him, I felt free. I felt content and confident in myself. Um, and I came to realize that transition itself was never the issue on why I felt the way I did, but more so my inability to put my faith in God to guide me through transition. Mm. So as I'm transitioning from high school to college, I'm choosing to put my faith in Jesus and, and the plans that he has for me, rather than leaning on my own understanding like Daisy shared. Um, because I know that, that only he can provide the guidance I need throughout this time in my life. Um, this is not in my notes, but um, I'm very excited to be going to college. Um, but I know that there's temptations. Um, but I've, I've, we've, we've all been through temptation and sin daily, right? But the, the key thing is not worrying about the transition itself, right? But making sure that while we're undergoing transition, God is at the forefront of our our mind, and he's guiding us through it. So, you know, as I'm going through this, uh, this transition in my life, probably one of the biggest transitions that I've undergone, um, I, I'm, I'm really working to make sure that God is present and is side by side, my left hand man, through, throughout all of this. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for letting me share.
Come on, give it up for uh, VJ and Daisy. Wow. Uh, man, they, they blow me away, huh? Yeah? Uh, and so, uh, well, there's a lot of great things that's happening. Uh, and I just hope that if there's one key takeaway as you were hearing uh, Daisy's story, as you were hearing VJ's story, and probably, maybe, I don't know, I don't know if maybe if you guys are seeing this, but you probably saw like little Daisy, little VJ like up on this mic, huh? Uh, so it's crazy to see them uh, grown up. And so uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what God has been doing in these teens' lives. It's amazing uh, and, a pri- and a great privilege for Alicia and I to be a part of it. And so I uh, also thank you guys even for entrusting us to uh, to care for your kids as well, to see these kids grow. Um, because I have the mic of privilege, uh, we forgot to shout another person out. Erica Torres also got her bachelor's in, in nursing, I believe. Be here, BSN. Uh, so if you see her, make sure uh, you add her to the list of uh, congratulations. Um, but again, we talked about this idea or Daisy talked about this idea of letting go of the old and her story really emphasized uh, and shows us the value that uh, that when we choose a path God carves out for us, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, an amazing thing. And what I love about her story is that at times it feels like our lives becomes two choices in, 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 on the road, right? It's kind of a, this fork, either a bad one or a good one. And if you choose the bad one, then good luck, right? But I love how she, even in her story, but even in, in, in scriptures like Isaiah 43, that even if we choose to walk down the bad path, that somewhere along the way, God is still going to carve out a path amidst that, that leads to righteousness. That in the midst of chaos, God still wants to provide order. But we, choose, but we need to choose to divert from the wrong path and let go of the old ways uh, of our lives and really the old us. Amen? And so, and she talked about this idea of trust and VJ expounded on that in his story. That he shows us in, in his journey that we need to trust in God. Because God refines us, uh, and it's an intense process, right? And I think about high school. It's not an easy place to be in. We all probably remember our high school days. You probably have, haven't looked at our high school yearbook in a very long time because we want to let those, uh, let those memories go in the past. It's not an easy place. It's still not an easy place in the world we live in today, let alone an environment for your faith to cultivate and grow. It's not an easy place to be a Christian in high school. But amazing how in, that, in, in his story that when we trust in God, amazing things can happen in our character. Amazing things can happen in our faith. And, and, and God can use us even in the midst of chaos. Amen. And so as we let go of the old and we trust in God, we need to take hold of the new. Okay, we need to take hold of the new. It's Isaiah 41.10, one of my favorite passages, and I'm going to share it with you guys today. It says, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. Everyone say chosen. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Right? And so in this passage, it says, you know, that God recognizes our fear. God knows that we are scared. God knows that when we're in these seasons, it's an uncomfortable experience when we experience fear. But God's promise in this passage is he is providing us with strength and help. We need to let go of our fear. We need to trust in God and we need to take hold of righteousness. We need to let go of being apathetic Christians. Trust God and take hold of faithful action. We need to let go of feeling rejected in our life, rejected by life, by the world. We need to trust in God and take hold of a chosen life, feeling called and selected by the love that God has for us. Because this very thing that helps us get through these times of transition is how we choose to respond to the grace of God. And who gets this privilege in this passage? Who says, who is deserving of this treatment by God? Well, it says, you know, does it say it's those who've been close with God since the very beginning? Does it say it's the people that have walked with God time and time again, never wavered in their faith, always righteous in their life? No. It says God chooses those who were long gone. Those from the darkest corners. He said, those I called. He called you. And so it's not mere obedience that guarantees righteousness. I believe, church, that it's so much more than that. That it's the desire to let go of ourselves, to trust in God, has everything under control, and it's that surrender. It's that trust that fuels us in our journey of walking with God, even in the moments where we have no idea what's going on even if we're in that journey of getting to point B, whatever it may be that God is putting in your heart. So how will that change your perspective when you realize that you're undergoing change? When things are unfamiliar in your life, when things aren't going the way you want, when you're being called to grow, church, how will you respond? How did the stories that you heard help you respond? How has seeing these teens grow And knowing that, wow, you know what, even though I may not feel that God is working in my life right now, how amazing is it that I get to be part of a community where I know that God is still working? Right. So if God can work in their lives, God can work in mine. How will you respond today and how will you respond in your time of transition? So, church, we got to let go of the old. We need to trust in God. And we need to take hold of the new because the promise is that God wants you to be found in these times of transition. Amen. And so let's bow our heads as we take communion and spend time with our God in this, uh, in this breaking of the bread and his, his, his blood. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Lord, for just being Jesus, for being our Lord, for leading us guiding us. Lord, we are helpless creatures. We are creatures of habit. God, um, I know when we hear testimonies, I, for, for me, God, I, I, I re-rehearse all the sin. I re-rehearse all the mistakes in my life, God, and to see how you've rescued Daisy. 
how you've rescued Vijay, God, and how you're working in so many uh, of these people's lives, Lord. I am not alone. God, that I am part of many who are desiring to worship you, who are desiring to partner with you, who are desiring to be at the foot uh, of the cross, Lord, because it is the cross that uh, changed everything for us. So, Lord, as we partake in this time of, of communing with you, of breaking the bread, of breaking the juice, God, as it symbolizes uh, Christ's body and Christ's blood that has been poured out, Lord, I pray that it becomes the fuel, that becomes the energy, God, that, that allows us to uh, persevere through these times of transition. Change is a scary thing. Uh, movement is a scary thing. Transitions are scary, God. Uh, but Lord, you allow us to have courage and strength with you. God, so I pray for this time as we uh, speak with you, be in your presence, speak to us, allow the spirit to work. And I pray for everything in your mighty name, in your son. Amen.